From the Vaults, audio from Edmonton's past. This cassette recording from the Voices of Old Strathcona Project is an interview of Patrick Rose on March 12, 1992, and was digitized in May 2022. This is Ruth Ford from Old Strathcona Foundation in conversation with Dr. Patrick Rose at his home in Edmonton on Thursday, March 12, 1992. Could we begin with some basic information, Dr. Rose, when and where you were born? Yeah, I was, I was born on the 2nd of November, 1915, uh, on the south side, actually, in a two-story red brick building on, which was on, on White Avenue between 110th and 111th Street. It was a, my, my dad was a, was a commercial high school teacher, and it was called the Rose Business College. And it was the south side branch of McTavish's, which at the time were the biggest business colleges in Edmonton, and actually went on for many years. With the opening of the bridge, the high-level bridge in 1912, uh, they closed the, uh, the Rose Business College, and, and, uh, and anyways, that's where I was born. We, we uh, moved from there to a house on the corner of 80th Avenue and 111th Street, right next door to the Sherwin family, a, a big Edmonton family and well-known. And then when I was two years old to 10624 84th Avenue, where we lived all our, all our growing years. Can you tell me the names of your parents, please? My, mother, uh, my father was uh, Patrick Begbie Rose. Uh, he was born in uh, Manchester, actually. His, we were of Scott's parentage. His father was a Presbyterian minister located in Manchester. My mother was Agnes Blanche Ruth, and she was born in Carmen, Manitoba, and always said that she was pure Pennsylvania Dutch. Uh, because of my mother's birth, I've been able to join the, the Old Timers Association all my life. Anybody born in Western Canada before 1900 was automatically a member, and their children could be <laughs> if they wished. Mm. Yeah. Had their had your parents lived in Edmonton then for? My parents, uh, um, my dad came to uh, Alberta in 1905 and settled in Didsbury, where he uh, was principal of a was almost a, a building like I was born in, a, a two-story square brick, brick uh, schoolhouse with four rooms on each floor. Mm -hmm. And there he met my mother, who, whose father was farming just west of Didsbury. Uh, she would be 18 years old in his, in his high school class. The, the Ruth family moved to Salmon Arm, where, where my aunt still lives. And I think about 1910, I have to guess a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad went to Salmon Arm and, and married mother. And then they came to Edmonton, maybe 1909, because they came to Edmonton in 1910, where my sister was born. In 1911, my brother was born, and uh, I was born in 1915. Dad taught uh, commercial high school all this time, typing and shorthand and so on. So you had one brother and one sister? Two brothers and Two one brothers. sister. My sister was the eldest, and then, uh, and then my elder brother, who, who was 80, Last December, lives in Port Coquitlam, and my younger brother, a retired high school teacher, lives in Vernon. Hmm. My sister is deceased. This is your sister. Oh, yeah. You talked about the the home where you grew up on 84th Avenue. Yeah. 
Can you describe what that home was like? Yeah, it was a, it was a, a two-story bungalow with a veranda across the front, and it had a, an empty lot immediately east of it, and, and the, the house itself. Uh, you want, want all the details? Well, just what you can. Well, the house itself. We uh, upstairs. Head. We had uh, mother and dad's bedroom at the back of the house, a bedroom for my sister next to hers, and then the whole front half of the house was one big room that hadn't been partitioned off, and that's where we, where we three Rose boys lived. It's the perfect setup. Right? Oh yeah, and uh, I can. Re I, I I don't remember uh, it in detail, but but uh, dad immediately set to work to grow a lawn on the on the lot next door and and when it was fully established it was a lawn in the summertime and a rink in the wintertime and the Rose household was the meeting place for four other families Bob Shaver on 83rd Avenue Frank Murray just down the block from us on 84th Avenue and Jimmy Dugoff uh, behind us on 85th Avenue they lived at our house with, with my three brothers neighborhood gathering place. Yeah, it was a neighborhood gathering. And it's a good way to have it, you know. It certainly is. Did you have a garden in... Yeah, we had a garden uh, across the lane on a lot that uh, that uh, immediately north. It fenced on 85th mm -hmm. Avenue. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess Dad rented it from the city. And there's always a great uh, hullabaloo of all we got the garden planted. Um, it had to be planted by the 24th of May, you know, and everybody got pitched in and, and helped, and maybe, maybe we were forced to, I don't know. <laughs> we had a great garden every, every year. Uh, back to your house again. How was, tell me about heating and plumbing and those essentials. Well, there was a coal furnace. There was a coal furnace and uh, a big stove in the kitchen. There was running water. But I don't think we had hot water uh, for a few years. I think that you heated the water in the stove because I don't remember a water tank or anything uh, in the basement, you know, mm -hmm. to heat water. Mm -hmm. Then in 1926, when the when the gas came to Edmonton, we uh, we had to take out the grates in the, in the furnace and they put gas burners in, and Mother's stove in the kitchen was replaced with a gas stove, and then there was a water boiler, a standard gas fired water boiler down the basement. So then from then on we had hot and cold running water. Now, I wouldn't want to go, to go to court on that, but I don't remember, I'm sure up until we got gas, there was no way to heat water except, you know, the big stove that had a circular thing around it where you kept water circulated and kept it warm. Getting water would be a, warm water would be a great advantage for yeah. you. Did you have grandparents who lived close to no, you? No, I, uh, uh, I, uh, my father's mother lived in Toronto, and I only saw her once. She came to visit. She was a little tiny woman. As a matter of fact, she'd be maybe nearly five, not much over five feet, because she, in those days in Toronto, I'm told, there was a bar on the thing. If you came under the bar, you got on as a kid, and, mm -hmm. and Grandma Rose never had to had to pay adult things. She was a brilliant woman. She was an artist. There's some pictures of her, a watercolor artist of some notes, you know. But all I can remember, I suppose I'd be five or so, I can remember her uh, taking her tea and, and walking out to the kitchen to put cold water in it, you know, in, in her cup. And the firmest step, you know, she sounded like a truck, and a little tiny bird over. Now, that's the only time I saw her. My mother's parents, um, 
my mother's parents were older. Uh, I, 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 met, I met Grandpa Ruth and, and Grandma Ruth, I think, and when we were kids, we used to go down to uh, Craigmile where they lived for Christmas, you know. But all I can remember is a big man with a big beard, and, and I don't remember Grandma Ruth. Got a picture of Grandma Ruth, though. Grandma Ruth, we're talking about now. Could we talk a bit about the work involved in running the household as your mother would have had to do that? Did she have help in the with the housework? Mother, interesting, mother didn't have help for, uh, uh, for a long period, but... Um, When my sister was had started high school, so I would be, uh, I would say about 1920, mother had some kind of a, a spell, uh, high blood pressure or something, not quite a stroke, but she was bedridden for uh, for several months, maybe, well, I think several months. And, and from then on, we had a, a girl stay in the house. And uh, the girl came from a farm in Stony Plain. Gosh, we still know her. She's still, she's 85 now, uh, and uh, her last name is Barker. I can't think of her uh, maiden name though. So she was with us. No, uh, she was with us and went to school as well as helped out in the house. And uh, more than just being uh, an aide, she got to be a friend of the family. You know, Hazel Barker. Hazel. Uh, gosh, I can't think of her maiden name. Though. That happens. Yeah. How was the laundry done in your in that household in those earlier days? You talked about not having hot water except when you heated it. How did that all come about? Then? Gosh, I don't know. You didn't have to do it. <laughs> I didn't have to do it. You know, a little, a little memory. It's worth, it's worth, yeah. uh, it's worth uh, telling. Uh, about eight years ago, Helen, my wife, fell and broke her wrist, and she had a, a cast on her left wrist and couldn't do any of the housework. You know, she would give me directions and so on, and I would be doing the dishes. Even even we had a dishwasher. I'm doing the dishes, you see. And it wasn't until then at home we we, we boys had to do the dishes. You know, and there's always hey, who's going to wash, who's going to dry, and eventually we'd get it sorted out. But we never had to do the finishing ups because my poor bloody sister, mother hauler, and she what got stuck with the pots and pans. And this came to mind when I'm doing the kitchen. You see, Helen can't help. I've got everything in the dishes, and I've got these goddamn pans to do. I thought, isn't that how you can go? So how insensitive you can grow up. That's My sister happened. was the eldest in the family, you know, and I'm sure she had a rough time because of three damn boys. That's what happens when you're a sister, eh? Yeah. Do you remember how the grocery shopping was done then? Who would do it? When? Mother and Dad did the shopping, and as I as I recall, I don't recall them going. Uh, there was a, a grocery store on the corner of 85th Avenue and 107th Street. It's still there, but a white frame building, two stories high, with five rooms or four rooms up above, had patients there when they started practice. And so far as I know, we grew all our own vegetables and stored them, and they bought everything from Mr. Pilon, Mr. Pilon's grocery. Because mm -hmm. I don't remember them, uh, like, you know, now going down to South Cape, coming home with big bags of groceries and so on. How did you store the vegetables that you grew? Well, Dad had a, Dad had a coal cellar made. He made it himself, you know, and it was just a big hole in the ground with a thing over it you know, doors over it, but uh, outside. And and it kept the stuff uh, from freezing, you know, and, and as far as I can tell, we uh, we got we had carrots and potatoes and uh, and that kind of thing all winter to 
turnips and carrots and potatoes, and the other stuff we'd have, have eaten up by Christmas. Did your mother can vegetables? Oh, vegetables and fruit, jars and jars and jars. But I think everybody did in those days. Did she bake bread? Yeah, mother baked bread. Would you sometimes buy bread at the store and buy canned fruit and vegetables? I know, I suppose so. I don't know. I would suppose so. See, my dad was a high school principal all this time, so that although we weren't rich, we certainly weren't poor either, you know, so that... Uh, Had the money to buy. Yeah, sure. Uh, what about dairy products? Where did they, you they buy them at this grocery the store? The dairy brought them around. The milkman came? ECD, the Edmund City Dairy. The milkman came and, and, and uh, McGavin's bread came around. Mm -hmm. Tubby Bateman. Tubby Bateman was our bread man for years. And he ended up owning IGA. That's the Batons of Batons yeah, IGA. Sure. And you could keep milk and butter and dairy products. But an ice box that you put a chunk of ice in. And the Iceman came too then. Sure, the Iceman came too. What kind of cooking equipment did your mother have? You talked about a stove she cooked on. Did she have, what else did she have to use for cooking? Anything except elbow grease? Well, nothing. No. None of the nothing in the sense of uh, the stuff that that's in my kitchen. Not the electronics. You know. But um, I can remember porridge. You know, it was cooking all the time in a big double boiler. You know, and it seemed to be on the stove, and we got a big. But mother was a good. Uh, I always feel a little bit disloyal. Mother was a good farm brought up cook. You know, you got meat and potatoes, the meat well done, and, mm -hmm. and lots of it, and mm -hmm. and nothing fancy. I don't suppose. Oh, pardon me, just for a second, sorry. It's going again. You talked about helping with the dishes. Did you have any other regular chores that you were expected to be responsible for? Well, I presume, you know, my dad, my, 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 my parents uh, were good parents, and I'm sure that, that we had, had jobs to do. I can remember the, the, the big thing was cleaning out the, uh, the ashes out of the furnace. You know, because it was down in the basement, you had to take these things out in buckets every now and then, you know. And we had a fireplace in the front room that dumped straight down into the basement. About every twice you'd have to open this, you know, you'd open the flute at the bottom of that stuff and just gush out, fill half the basement. They have to sweep it up and take it up. Oh, yeah, we had jobs. We all had paper routes, too, you know. Mm -hmm. At least uh, from the time I was uh, eight or nine, we had uh, we first had a bulletin route and then we got a journal route. And, my elder, my elder brother had it, and then I, and then my my brother, at uh, at most of the time, it was the biggest journal route in the city. Mm -hmm. 184 papers, 85th and 86th and 87th Avenue from 9th Street to 12th Street. So we always had paper, and then on top of that, you know, looking back on it, we must have been uh, there must have been some, well, I guess because because my dad didn't have all that money, we mostly made our own money, but. The Rose Brothers all also had a lock on the Calgary Albertans for, for South Edmonton. They would come in and the... This material is a digitized audio recording from the holdings of the City of Edmonton archives. For more information regarding the recording, please contact us by email at cms.archives at edmonton.ca, by phone at 780-496-8711, or on our online catalog at cityarchives.edmonton.ca.